Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. For CPAs, for your, your clients, is think about there's a lot of emotions underneath those numbers for your clients. Shame, judgment, regret, grief. I mean, there's so many emotions and I know it can be scary to touch those, but gosh, giving a talk to a business women's group about the emotions underneath your numbers, how impactful and how different would that be compared to someone getting up and showing you how to do a spreadsheet? Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. My guest today is Carol Cox. Carol is the founder of Speaking Your Brand, a coaching and training company that helps women entrepreneurs and leaders around the world create their signature talks, whether it's for a keynote, TED Talk, conference session, or business presentation, and position themselves to get better and paid speaking engagements. Carol is the host of the weekly Speaking Your Brand podcast, and during election season, serves as a Democratic political analyst on TV news in Orlando, Florida. With an extensive background in business, tech, politics, media, and history, Carol's mission is to help women develop their content and confidence, to raise their voices and visibility, to challenge the status quo, and change existing systems. Carol and I have known each other for over three years, and I've worked with her in a variety of capacities over that time. She even gets credit for helping me coin the name She Thinks Big Coaching. It's a real delight to welcome my friend and colleague, Carol Cox. Carol Cox, welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Geraldine, it is so nice to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So we're jumping in today, talking about women speaking up in their field. And you work with women to help them craft signature talks for virtual and in-person speaking engagements. And yet what we see when we look out onto the landscape is that there are preponderance often of male so-called expert voices and a dearth of female voices. So help us understand, and we'll unpack this today, what is keeping women from getting in front of the microphone? Yes, Geraldine. And let me just say that I am so glad that we're having this conversation. I think we need to have more of these conversations 
so that women understand and men too, men who are listening, women understand what is held holding them back. And some of it is internal. So in some internal mindset work that they may need to do, but a lot of it is also structural is systemic. So right now, if I say to you, if you imagine a CPA in your head, kind of what is the stock photo that pops up? Now, for your listeners who are primarily women CPAs, they may see themselves. But for me, as someone who's not a CPA, actually, my brother is, I see an older white male <laughs> in his like short sleeve white shirt with a tie and with his spreadsheets and his calculator. Because for people on Generation X, that's what we grew up associating with CPAs. So I would say that the dearth of women out there representing themselves in their fields, whether it's CPAs or other fields, is that we, we lack representation. We lack visible representation of who it is that is allowed to claim that expertise on that stage, in the media, on podcast, in webinars, wherever it happens to be that people are speaking up. Mm, okay. So you're talking about just not having examples and models out there for us to emulate and look to for how it's done. Yes. We oftentimes forget that as human beings, as social animals, we are mimickers. Hmm. And that's how we grow up. That's how we learn language. That's how we learn social etiquette. That's how we learn how to behave in the world. But we're also mimickers because we see who is there. We see who are in certain positions of influence and power. And we, we think, oh, I have to be like them in order to be in their place. Now, there are trailblazers who are the first ones in their field who do that but they are tend to be the exception because they're trailblazers. For, for most of us, we need those role models to mimic ourselves after. Mm, yes. So what's the impact of not having relatively equal numbers of women either modeling it or being on stage or in front of the mic? Yeah. So I would say two things come to mind. The first is what we just talked about, Geraldine, which is as women ourselves, we don't see ourselves represented. So we don't we just don't think that that's a place for us. So we're not applying to speak. We're not launching our own podcast. We're not putting ourselves out there as experts when someone says, we're going to be doing a panel, we're going to be doing a webinar roundtable, and we're not putting ourselves, we're not pitching ourselves or putting ourselves out there as potential experts. So that's one dimension of it. The second dimension is kind of the, the flip side of that is that the people who are organizing those events, again, whether it's in-person conferences, panels, virtual webinars, podcast guests, because they don't run across as many women in those positions, they don't think to ask women or they don't know which women to ask. Now, I will say it's lazy not to go look for women for conferences and panels and webinars and things like that. But for event organizers, especially event organizers who are men, they don't have as many women in their networks. Our networks tend to look like us. And so they're not reaching out to have women in those positions either. Mm. Let's dig into this piece, put ourselves out there for things like panels, speaking opportunities, and so on. Because my I noticed my own brain when you said that. I was like, wait, what? I have to put myself out there? Like, I've got a pitch to them that they're not just going to call my phone? Well, eventually they will, but you have to kind of start the domino effect. So I like to say that in this it happens a lot of time within your local community. Once you start showing up to networking events, chamber of commerce, business, women's groups, and you speak at one or two of them, you kind of get on the speaking circuit where people who are in the audience or people who are members of those organizations see you speak, and then they'll ask you to speak at another organization that they're also a member of. So you kind of get on the circuit. Doing that the first couple of times is the hardest. 
and then you will get the invitations. But initially, people don't know you want to speak unless you tell them, yeah. <laughs> or unless you unless you talk to them and say, "I have this topic that I think would be really beneficial for your members or your audience. I would love to speak about it." I love this. So, one of the things that I was looking at in preparation for this conversation was actual numbers, right? Because sometimes it can feel like, is this, am I imagining this or is this real or what's going on? Yesterday, I was out for a run. I was listening to a podcast episode and it was a, a business podcast episode. And this guy was at the end listed like eight people who have been influencers in his business career. And as he's going through the eight, and it sounds like a typical list, like Jim Collins of good to great and so on and so forth. And at like number six, I'm like, and the next one's going to be a woman, right? And then <laughs> number seven, but no, the next one's going to be a woman. No. Nope. <laughs> and sure enough, all of them, eight, bam, all eight dudes, right? And I'm like, come on, really, guy? You don't, that, ah, you've got to be missing out some perspective. Anyways, rant aside, I also have been tuning my ears to other podcasters that I listen to who are male in the CPA space. And I sort of mentally keep track of, you know, how often they interview females. And just in the interest of counting to protect against my own bias, I went back through one of their episodes. It was 11 men in a row. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's even worse than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, not uncommon and not just in CPAs. And I don't, you know, want to like, I don't want to make men wrong here. I mean, I do want to call it out, but I don't want to make them wrong. And then I just went over to iTunes to look at um, podcasts by female CPAs in the accounting space. And anybody can put out a podcast, right? Like you don't have to wait to be accepted or approved of or anything, right? It's a sort of self thing. And even when women have the choice to put their voice out there, and not have to get a, the approval of anybody else. There's still, out of 96 podcasts, only eight by women in the accounting space. And I'm one, and I know the other seven. <laughs> so what are some ways here that we can begin to tip and sort of rectify this imbalance? Yes. And so as I mentioned, not uncommon for you to, to see these numbers within CPA field. And I think we see with a lot of industries, the top podcast host are almost all men. Brene Brown with her now new podcast has kind of, you know, hit the ranks of the top five, top 10 podcast shows, which is great. And so I think that there's a couple of things going on women. And again, these are broad brush generalizations, but they apply to a lot of women that we tend to be perfectionist. So we don't want to put our work out there until we feel like it represents us incredibly well. And Geraldine, when you were on my podcast back in, I think this was the end of 2018, it was really good. At 59. <laughs> oh, you remember the episode number? I think it was 59. Or 98. I don't know. Well, well, well you can include a link in the show notes, but okay. it was a really good episode because you did an honor coaching call with me. You put me in the hot seat and we talked about this and that as women, we grow up feeling like we have to be even, we have to be uber competent yeah. in order to be seen as equal to men. Yeah. Because of just the way that this you know patriarchal system works. Yes. So I feel like that's where a lot of our perfectionism comes in, where we don't want to put out work that we don't that doesn't feel like it's it is going to represent us well. And with podcasting, there's no such thing as perfection, as you know, Geraldine. No. <laughs> I have yes. people I have now been podcasting for over three years, 170 plus episodes. 
and people will find the podcast and, and message me or email me and say, oh, I'm going back to the beginning to listen. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to go back to the beginning. <laughs> like start at like 45. Yes, like the past year is probably not only more current information, but it's, I, but it's just better. Like you just get better the more you do yes. it. So I say for those yes. of you listening who are CPAs, think about when you first started in your career, when you were in college and you were then getting, getting your master's degree to be a CPA. When you started out, you probably weren't nearly as good as you are now. And you just, how did you get better? You just kept doing the work. And I think that's what we have to get over is that we have to just keep doing the work. And that I think we're also afraid of criticism of, you know, people out there criticizing what we're doing. And yes, you may have people who don't like what you're doing. Honestly, you're probably not going to hear from them because people are kind of busy with their own lives. <laughs> They're listening to a podcast. Most people are not going to take the time to tell you they don't like it, but they will take the time to tell you that they do like it. And knowing that you're helping out other people and you're making a difference for them and their businesses or their careers, there is just there is so so much reward from that 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 makes up for any of the imperfections or the things that you wish you could do better. And so how do you do this though? Like it's hard. Like you can tell yourself these things in your mind, but you still have to do it. Having a coach or having a community of other women, especially other women who are there for you. It could just be a group of friends who know what you're doing and cheer you on and keep you accountable to that date that you set that you're going to launch your podcast or whatever it is that you want to do. And really having a coach who can also guide you along the way to say, you know what? It's good enough. Ship it. Release it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can attest to both those things, including the fact that having a coach and having worked with you on numerous occasions for my talks has absolutely brought them from what I thought was like a solid B plus to like, actually, that was really a C minus. No, not at all, Geraldine. Okay, maybe a C plus. And maybe, but you got me to at least an A minus or an A where I was comfortable enough to get on stage and make it happen. And I would not have done it without you. I really, really wouldn't. So for those people who are in the crowd listening, I can absolutely strongly suggest getting somebody who can help you really work on something and really get it to like an excellent quality where you'll be psyched to deliver it. Yes. And for me, so when I launched my podcast, I set it to a, an external deadline date that I could not change. So I was, I was, so, which was good because I had to release it. So I had, I had, I knew the event organizers for a podcasting conference that was coming up. So this was like December, 2016. And I knew I wanted to launch a podcast. The podcast, the conference was coming up in February of 2017. I did not have a podcast yet, but because I knew them, they said I could speak right at their conference. So I was like, okay. And then, and then I, of course, it would make sense if I actually had a podcast by the time I got to the conference. So I knew I had to release the first episode by the date I worked like all night long for the few nights leading up to that conference to make sure it was out, but it was out because it was a deadline I could not move. <laughs> That is so... And it worked. That's policy, Carol. Otherwise, it might have taken me another two months to release it. And really, what good would it have done anyone? Yeah. I mean, at some point, like you say, you've got, just got to ship it. You know, like Seth, and like Seth Godin says, just get it out there. You'll make it better as it goes along. And he even tells this great story about Google, how when Google launched, they just had a search bar and that was it. And they were totally fine with it. And they were like, they didn't even advertise it because they figured... When if people find it a month from now, it'll be better a month from now than it is today. You just got to get it out the door and you'll make it better as you go. What's so we're talking about some of the things that women need to do, namely dialing down perfectionism or dispensing with it altogether, really, right? Because there's no there's no such thing as perfect. And if you try and chase it, you're just wasting your own time and energy. And perhaps 
the corollary to that is like, be a little less hard on yourself. And I notice in this profession that people are quite hard on themselves. It's a demanding career. It takes a lot of knowledge. There's definitely some right and wrong. There are some big repercussions if you screw things up, you know, to you, your clients and so on. So it sort of attracts a certain type of personality. Um, And when it comes to getting in front of the mic, giving yourself some leeway to get better as you go. What are some of the things that men who are on our side in this issue can also be doing to even things out? Yeah. So this is one thing that you can do either as a woman or as a man is you could have like what is called an inclusion writer for your speaking, whether again, whether probably in person or virtual speaking that you're doing. So an inclusion writer they use in Hollywood and a lot of uh, female actors started using this where they say we want a certain percentage of the cast and crew of a movie or a TV show to be women and or women of color and people of color so that they would have a more diverse set. And so as speakers, we can do the same thing. So if we're asked to speak at a conference or on a panel or to appear on a webinar with where there's other people on there, you can ask, well, as a man, you can ask, what is the representation of women and diverse women who are going to be participating in this event as well? And as a woman, you can ask the same thing. What is the representation of diverse women who are going to be at this event? And I have declined speaking engagements. I have declined panel opportunities when I realized that it was going to be all white women mm. who were going to be on the panel. And as a white woman, I would just be one more white woman. And so I have written back to the event organizer and said that if this is going to be all white women, I am, I am more than happy to extend my place to someone else and hear some other women that I know who are in this area or in this industry who would be a great fit for your panel. And as you talk about that, that makes me, and I've known this, obviously, since it's my own podcast, but I've had this sneaking like, ah, every single one of my guests has been white. And I too have this same, you know, like you and I are talking about this challenge about women not having enough voices and we're kind of on the downside of it. But here I am on the upside of it. I've had no people of color on my podcast, which really bugs me. So I'm publicly committing to changing that by the next four months, if not two. And I want women of color to reach out to me because I want you on my podcast. And so and here's the thing. I feel the same way because again, like I said earlier, our networks tend to look like us. Yeah. And I look at my network, whether it's LinkedIn or here locally in Orlando, Florida, where I live, my network tends to look like me. So I have to be extra intentional to find women who do not look like me, who are not white as well. And so here's what I've done, Geraldine, as I realized the same thing in my podcast where I wanted to have women of color on. And so I would have them on kind of when they crossed my path. Mm -hmm. And then I made an intention, it was either sometime last year, that I was going to make sure that minimum of every month, so like every four or five episodes, because I release weekly, there would be a woman of color on. So I have now set myself up where I go find them. Mm-hmm. I go to LinkedIn and I find people I'm connected with. I ask for recommendations from other guests that I've had on the podcast to recommend people from me. So I just don't wait for them to cross my path anymore or for them to reach out to me. I actually go look out, look for them. Awesome. Noted. I love it. But this is something that I was, I was blind to as well, or didn't, I didn't really think much about. And I had to set the intention and the, the awareness and Geraldine, 
back in March of this year. So during Women's History Month, which of course we should be in every month, but you know. <laughs> yeah, is, there, is there a month of the year that history doesn't happen right. with women? Yeah, in yeah, it? yeah, exactly. But okay, but we have a month so we can, we can highlight that. So I ran this challenge called Choosing Women's Voices. And it's a five-day challenge where we look at different aspects of media, movies, the news, podcasts, et cetera. So if your listeners are interested, it's speakingyourbrand.com slash challenge. And they can sign up. It's just a series of five emails they get to raise awareness of the different places that we can look for more women's voices and diverse women's voices, along with recommendations in those different areas for podcasts and movies and reporters to follow. Excellent. I love that. And we'll include the link to that in the show notes for folks who are have their hands busy doing something else. So what do your clients say about the impact that speaking has had, whether it's on a podcast or on a stage, to their business and to the impact they want to have in the work that they're doing? Yes, it is really, it becomes a transformational process for them. And I don't think that they expect that when they first decide to do it. So a lot of them have been doing some type of speaking in their careers or for their businesses. Some of them have done podcast interviews. A lot of them have spoken at smaller events before they come to me because they have some interest in it before they, they come to us. And because of the process that we use, the framework that we use and, and, we, and how we guide them through creating their talk, we really dig deep. We dig deep with them. And sometimes they cry. I've had, I've had clients cry, but crying in a good way because it's a release for them. Like they didn't realize they had things bottled up that were so important to them about how they felt about their industry or the work that they do. And when, when you're able to dig deep in a safe space and you realize that you have something so important to share that more people would benefit from hearing about, then you realize that it's tr- it becomes transformational for you as a person and then for your business, but it also becomes transformational for the audience who hears it on the other side and can see themselves now reflected in the message that you're sharing. I'm imagining listeners who, you know, accountants, CPAs tend to be fairly numerical, analytical, and so on, going, well, what's going to be, how could I possibly come up with an impactful message around filing numbers in boxes for the, or checking numbers in boxes for the IRS and, you know, figuring out profit and lot, like what's the inspiring message in that? So for, and I can guarantee you that people are probably thinking exactly that, right? But they believe deeply about their work and the impact that it has on people. And it does have a huge impact on people, right? How many of us don't understand our own numbers in our businesses and in our lives? So, and I'm not raising my own hand. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, I'm not raising my hand either. (laughs) (laughs) But so Jeremy, here's a perfect example. So I am a left brain, logical, analytical person who has had to get much more in touch with the right brain side of myself as part of my own business growth over the past five years and transformational growth. So I would say for CPAs, for your, your clients is think about, there's a lot of emotions underneath those numbers for your clients, shame, judgment, regret, grief. I mean, there's so many emotions and I know it can be scary to touch those, but gosh, giving a talk to a business women's group about the emotions be underneath your numbers, how impactful and how different would that be compared to someone getting up and showing you how to do a spreadsheet? And how about giving it to a businessman's group where they're totally in denial and numb to any of those experiences? Because they're not allowed, right? Right. Yes. So, so say somebody's listening to this and they're like, yes to all of those things. I see my clients suffering. They're embarrassed. They're mortified. They don't share with me because it's too painful for them, too scary. They don't want to be judged, all those things. And they have real stories to share. What's the next thing that they even do 
if they want to get started on this path. If they want to get started with with public speaking, with sharing their message. Yeah. Keeping in mind the situation that we're in right now, which we're not going out in person to speaking engagements or to conferences or networking groups, at least not in, in time in the foreseeable future, is do some podcast interviews. Contact some podcast hosts. Uh, and it doesn't have to be just accounting podcasts. So if, if you work with clients in a specific industry or specific types of clients, specific uh, demographics, find podcasts that they that those types of clients would be listening to. Get to know the podcast host. Reach out to them and say, I would love to come on your podcast to talk about XYZ, your topic. Because podcast interviews take a little bit of pressure off of yourself. You don't have to have a completed signature talk or presentation from beginning to end where you feel like you have to have everything polished, ABC. You, and also, you will learn so much more about your message when people ask you questions and you have to answer out loud. Yeah, and all of a sudden it starts to all come out and everything that you thought you took for granted that everybody else knew, you start to see that people actually really know they don't know that at all. Yes. And then you have a recording of it. So then you can go back and listen to it and write down all the notes. And then, <laughs> and then from there, then you can start working on your talk. <laughs> so say people do that, say they go and they get on a few different podcasts and it starts to get in a groove and it starts to flow and they actually want to turn their idea into a signature talk or something similar that they can then continue to use in many different venues um, or in many, on many different channels. Um, how can they work with you to repurpose the content that they have, or say they have been on a stage in person, but now want to be doing it virtually, what's next for them? Yeah. So when our clients have come to us over the past number of years, they have had in mind to be on the stage, whether it's a TEDx talk or a keynote or doing a conference session, again, because we're not going to be doing that anytime in their foreseeable future. We have been working with quite a bit on them on repurposing their talk or creating brand new talks for webinars. And here's the beauty of webinars. Well, number one, you can just do it from the comfort of your home or your home office. You don't have to travel anywhere. You also are building your email list. You're building your following because people are registering for your webinar. You can do it multiple times. So you can get better at it as you go. And so think about what are some key strategies, or maybe two or three key concepts or key strategies that you can share with your audience. You don't want to share too much content in a 60-minute webinar, but what are some key things that you can share with your audience that will be helpful to them? And I like to say, what is going to be helpful to them in this moment right now when you're doing this webinar? So what your clients or prospective clients needed six months ago is probably not what they're thinking about right now today or what they could be thinking about three or six months from now. So you want to make sure your webinar content is really timely and relevant to what is on their mind. Help them through that. Make an offer at the end of the webinar to hire you as a CPA if you have special services that they can hire for you. Don't be afraid to do that. I see that a lot with women as well. They don't want to sell. They don't want to put an offer out. But you're actually doing a disservice to your audience by not letting them know how you can help them further than just a 60-minute webinar. So set up a webinar. You can also offer to do a webinar for organizations or associations that you're a member of or that you know of who have a built-in audience. So say you don't have an email list, you don't have a built-in audience to advertise the webinar to. Offer to do a free webinar for one of these organizations and then present your content. And now you're kind of getting the, the hang of it. You can also build your email list that way. And then you can eventually do your own webinar to your own following. And so in the interest of bringing that right back to you, if people want to reach out to you because they're excited to get their message out, how do they find you? 
Yes. So the website is speakingyourbrand.com and we have our the different programs that we offer are on there. So depending on when you're listening to this, our, our programs and start dates may change. So that's the best way to go there. Just go to speakingyourbrand.com, look under work with us. You are welcome to schedule a consultation call with us as well. So we can talk about what are your goals? What is it that you want to work on? And then we can determine what would be the best way for us to work together. And then since you're already listening to a podcast, if you want to learn more about public speaking, sharing your message, whether it's webinars or eventually in-person <laughs> presentations, then go to the Speaking Your Brand podcast and look through there. And you can go back to the episode with Geraldine as well from uh, the end of 2018. I'm going to look up what that episode number was. Yeah, so there's two of them and we'll put them in the show notes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because you were on just a regular interview and then you did the hot seat with me. Yes. Okay, so the one where I was in the hot seat was episode 97. 97. And the other and one might have been 59 or 60. And I told a story of riding in a Burmese tomato truck. That was 36. 36! Actually spending the night in a Burmese tomato truck yes. in Burma. That was a really great episode. <laughs> yeah. So episodes 36 and 97. Over at speakingyourbrand.com. Yes. If you didn't get enough of me and Geraldine yes. today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love this. This has been super great. Carol, thank you so much for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Carol, for coming on the podcast. It was hard to pick my two top takeaways, but here they are. Number one, get over perfectionism. You have to start where you are. You will get better as you go. And there is no such thing as perfect. So stop chasing it. And number two is that you're doing your audience a disservice if you don't share your expertise and tell people how they can work with you. Remember that millions, and that's millions with six L's of Americans and business owners have challenges with their money and need your guidance. So get in front of them and get your voice and expertise out there to help them in the way that I know you want to. If you want to learn more about Carol Cox, you can find her at speakingyourbrand.com and do check out her podcast, Speaking Your Brand. All the links that we mentioned in this episode will be included in the show notes. And just like you are helping your clients, I am here to support you and I can help you even in just 15 minutes. So if you want help with a challenge in your business, reach out, book 15 minutes with me. It's my gift to you as a loyal listener and fan. Just go to shethinksbigcoaching.com and click on the giant red schedule time with me button. All right, everyone, that's it for me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.